Hi, welcome Facebook friends. I'm excited to be on here tonight for another Weighty Wednesday to talk to you about three ways to get into ketosis. So I have my exercise clothes still on because it's not a day. And I did my arms this morning and then I came home and had grandkids for 10 hours and now I am going to pickleball to finish my exercises for the day. So um, anyway, that is why I look like this. So anyway, but I'm excited to bring you this information because um, I was so shocked and so surprised to learn a lot of this information myself over the last couple of years. And you know, my theory, if I was excited or happy to learn something or something helped me, then I want to uh, pay it forward. So um, I'm going to be talking about ketosis tonight, and um, I'm going to be talking about three ways to get into ketosis. And this was a complete shock to me. And um, I would not have believed it myself uh, had I not uh, been in ketosis the day after I ate a birthday ice cream sundae at our infamous Fort Wayne DeBrands. Um, I would never have believed that this was the case. So um, I, I was in shock and very, very surprised like six months into fasting when I discovered this uh, on my, for my birthday Sunday. And it was just very, very surprising to see that the next day after eating a um, chocolate sundae in a chocolate bowl that I was in ketosis. So um, according to the urine strip. So let me just tell you all about it. And um, hopefully this will be something, anything at all that you can take away to help you with your health, with your weight management, um, anything at all. I would just be delighted if it helped you in any way. All right, so first of all, ketosis itself. We hear a lot about it today because of the keto diet. And it's very, very famous to go to go on the keto diet. It's also very famous to go off of the keto diet, but that's another story. Um, and uh, why do people seek it? So ketosis is a normal process that happens when your body doesn't have enough carbs to burn for energy. So basically, you your carbs are low, and in true keto fashion, your proteins are low. And so when those are low, you burn fat, and then your body starts to burn its own body fat, and it uh, releases ketone bodies. And they are just basically substances that are released from the fat of your body. So we like to call it fat burning. We like to call it, in intermittent fasting circles, we call it dining in. Because instead of eating food, we are dining on our own fat stores. So we are dining in. Isn't that cool? You, I would like that, wouldn't I? <laughs> yes, my curriculum writing brain loves cute things and creative things like that. Now, the cool thing about ketosis, and there are a lot of cool things, and then there are some things that are a little bit not so cool, and then there's some things that kind of are a little bit um, sketch. Um, but the, the good thing about ketosis is that it helps the body burn its own fat stores instead of burning circulating glucose from carbs and proteins. So the process goes like this, and it doesn't matter whether you get into ketosis through the keto diet, through intermittent fasting, or through HIT and strength training. It all happens the same way. I forgot to turn my phone off. It all happens the same way uh, in that your body goes through this process. We eat food, all right? Carbohydrates and to a lesser extent protein are stored um, as um, glycogen, which is just basically another name for sugar. All right, so first of all, when you start to go into ketosis, either through not eating carbs and not eating very many proteins and only eating fats or through exercise or through intermittent fasting, your body burns through all the circulating glucose. And so that is whatever you've eaten recently that's still circulating. It hasn't been stored anywhere. 
Okay, then your uh, body says, okay, all the circulating glucose is gone. And at this moment is when we eat because this is when we feel hungry, right? And this is why training your body through intermittent fasting is so cool because you don't feel that anymore um, after a couple of weeks. So um, then your body says, okay, everything circulating is used up. So now I can use up the stored glycogen. And that is carbs and to a lesser extent protein that you have eaten previously that is now stored in your muscles or in your liver. So then your body goes in and starts to use those up. The problem is that we don't use those up before we eat something else and then we go back to the circulating. So we're always really uh, eating a lot of the circulating uh, glucose. We're eating it, using it. Our body's always using that. But if you don't bring in more, then your body has done the circulating glucose, it's done the stored glycogen, and then lo and behold, it dines in and it eats your body fat, which is very, very cool. All right, so again, we call this dining in. Now, this can give very uh, a lot of physiological benefits, uh, such as body fat burning, better cognitive functioning, the, the, the brain benefits are huge. Um, way fewer cravings, which is very true, regardless of which way you get into it. And this is why some people will say, you know, when I'm done with strength training, I'm not even, I'm not even um, uh, hungry. In, I'm not even hungry anymore, you know, and, and that's one of the reasons. And um, way fewer cravings, appetite control, and more. Now, the, the thing is that we always, whenever somebody's a proponent, I'm an IF proponent, right? I'm a plexus proponent. I'm a homeschool proponent, all right? I'm a marriage proponent, I'm a dancing proponent, right? So whenever we, are, we listen to a proponent of something, we hear pieces of research that are in their favor, right? If you were in speech and debate with us, you learned this, right? And so we have to wade through all of that. So the research does show benefits of being in ketosis, a lower risk of heart disease in some cases, improved insulin resistance, because you're not spiking your insulin all the time, that is a given. Um, potential positive effects on Alzheimer's disease and bipolar disorder, but, and this is my caveat with saying that one thing is the answer, even intermittent fasting. Saying that one thing is the answer, my caveat is this, research shows those same benefits on vegan, vegetarian, and high carb diets, high healthy carb diets. Exact same, exact same benefits. How can we get all of these benefits from being in ketosis, zero carbs, 5%, 20 carbs a day or less, and we get the exact same benefits from being vegan or vegetarian and having almost all carbs? Isn't that something? Yeah, that's something to think about, right? So again, I'm going to say this again, and I say this almost every time I'm live about weight management. The most improved health markers across the board in robust, trustworthy studies are found in eating less food, fewer calories overall. That is eating what our bodies need at our ideal weight. Not necessarily extreme calorie deprivation or, and definitely not eating what it takes to maintain our current weight if we're overweight, but just a lot of research shows just everybody needs a 30% cut. Most people eat way, way too much food. All right. so. The reason people seek ketosis is for various reasons, some for weight loss, some for carb control, 
craving control, appetite suppression, suppression. One of my favorite benefits of being in ketosis during intermittent fasting is the brain because you know I'm a writer and I write every single day. I write books for stu children. I write coursework for my intermittent fasting students. I mean, I'm just writing, writing, writing all the time. And so I purposely, if I have a really big writing day, I'll wait till even later to eat because I'm like, my brain is on fire. I don't want to stop it. So that's my personal uh, best benefit. Uh, one of my best. Another one is definitely um, just lowering my hunger overall. So the three ways to get into ketosis. Uh, one is, um, first of all, another caveat, is to note that people getting into ketosis is not the be-all or end-all for weight loss. All right. Now, I have a new three-part series coming out about research. And um, one of the things that I like to teach my intermittent fasting people is that you need three things when you were evaluating something, whether something works, whether something doesn't. You know, we, we taught different methods in debate on how to tell if a piece of evidence was good or not, if it was reliable, you know, if the research was robust and those type of things. But I tell my intermittent fasting people that we need three things. We need research, which there's research on everything, showing everything is advantageous in one way or the other, right? We've all seen the headlines. Now research shows that you know, eating milk chocolate every day is the same as eating dark chocolate. And, you know, there's a research study and, you know, there are little blips and their morning shows and things like that, right? So research, not just research alone, though, research plus observation. So what are we seeing around us, right? When I, when I hear a piece of research that says, you know, or, or I hear uh, YouTubers, doctors, and chiropractors, and nutritionists, and tra personal trainers, and so forth, and I hear them say something like, it is impossible to lose weight if you eat an apple. And he's got 400,000 followers. And I hear him say that, and I think to myself, this is not somebody that I, whom I want to listen to, right? Because he can bring out a research study about an apple, but I can put that with my personal observation of all of these vegans and all of these vegetarians who eat apples every single solitary day of their lives and they're at their goal weight. Right? So research plus observation, and then another one is personal observation, personal experience. What have I experienced, right? So we have to put those together. So before I get into ketosis and everything, I want people to realize that it is not an end-all be-all. Whether you get there through fasting or whether you get there through the ketogenic diet, there are as many ways to lose weight as there are people, right? And I think that's really important to note because I think that otherwise we think that it is one thing. And when we think that weight management is one thing, then we will seek that one thing, and when we can't meet that one thing, then we just give up. We all know that health and weight management is a combination, I'd say call it a perfect storm of things that come together, right? So anyway, that's my caveat. So many people like to get into ketosis um, because it helps them to burn their own body fat better, puts them in the op an optimal state for fat burning, weight loss, but we must remember that people lose weight without ketosis also. So if one of these methods I'm about to describe 
helps you get into fat burning better or lose weight better or manage your weight better, then that is a win for you. But if one of these methods does not help you manage your weight, then it is not for you, right? So let's bring together, when we hear people talk about this research study or that research study, let's bring it together, research, observation, and personal experience. All right, so the first way is the most popular or the most widely known one is the ketogenic diet. All right, now I think that um, I would be amiss if I didn't explain to you what a true keto ketogenic diet is. Because I hear people all the time say, I'm going on the keto diet. I'm going on the keto diet. And then upon further investigation, we find out that they are on a low carb diet. And so maybe they're eating 50 carbs or they're eating 60 carbs or eating 80 carbs, which are low carbs compared to the 350 average daily carb intake that most Americans have. So that under 100 carbs is a low carb diet. But a low-carb diet is not a ketogenic diet. And the reason that I also think this is so important is because people in, who might eat maybe 100 uh, carbs a day could be overeating and not lose weight because they think it's all about as long as they're eating 100 carbs, they can eat as much fat as they want. That's not true. The only people who can truly eat as much fat as they want are true long-term never taking a break ketogenic dieters because otherwise if you go off and on the keto diet i have a new uh, uh works a new video coming out called why you shouldn't kind of keto and this i'll just give you a little tidbit here if you are on the ketogenic diet and then you go off and then you go back on and then you go back off and you do this maybe maybe you're on keto five days a week and then you're off for two when you take your entire weekly average what you have just done is a high fat, high calorie diet, right? Because on the days that you're off, you're not counting, you're not in ketosis anymore, but yet you've had all of the, those calories and all of that fat from the keto diet, and now you're going off of it, all right? So true ketogenic diet is not simply lowering carbs. The ketogenic diet is approximately 75% fat, so that is every day, you eat 75% of what you eat is fat, 20% protein, and 5% carbohydrates. I forgot to write this in here, but that is uh, 20 carbs or less per day, 20 grams of carbs or less per day. All right. So the true ketogenic diet is a combination of macros. The true ketogenic diet is not just a low-carb diet. It is a combination of macros. 75 percent, 15, 20% and 5%. All right. And if you go like on YouTube and you look for ketogenic diet mistakes or, you know, why isn't the ketogenic diet working for me or whatever, they will say things like you had onions and tomatoes and that was over 20 carbs. You know, you um, ate chicken breast and that is too high in protein and doesn't have any fat. Um, you ate lean meats and we can't, we 15% protein does not a lot for lean meats. We need fatty meats. And they'll tell you some of these things that people are doing wrong that have to do with their macros. You have to keep those macros in line in order for the ketogenic diet to really work. So when people think about the ketogenic diet working, they're saying it's going to put them into ketosis and that they don't have to think as much about calories because they have this like padding in place because of being in ketosis all the time. 
but you can't go on and off of it. It's very, very challenging. Now, the ketogenic diet gets you into ketosis four times faster than standard American diet or what most people eat. Uh, the ketogenic diet works well for people who can truly stay on it. It usually only takes one to 10 days of true ketogenic eating to get you into ketosis. All right. Some of the downfalls of this method of getting into ketosis include that it's hard to stay on. Like I used to try to do the keto diet and I, I hardly like any ketogenic foods. I mean, I just really do not like them. It's like eggs and, and meats and lettuce. That's about all I like, you know? And, um, so it's, it can be very difficult for people to stay on, especially long-term. Like I said, going off and on is really detrimental. Uh, you're missing a lot of healthy foods because you can maybe eat some berries and that's it for fruit. Because remember, you have that, those 20 grams of carbs to work with each day. So if you eat salad or green beans, have a rib, would you eat onions or tomatoes or, you know, then berries, then you can easily get over 20 grams of carbs just in no time flat. I mean, if you ate a half of an apple, you would be off of the ketogenic diet, which is why that guy said you can't lose weight if you eat an apple. All right. Um, it's, so it's hard to stay on. You are eating super calorie and super dense foods, fat dense foods. So perfection is required. Uh, this is what I think really is one of the worst things about any low carb or ketogenic diet. And I don't, my, Ray and I are on intermittent fasting and we eat real foods, so we don't count macros. Um, but, um, you know, I know our carb count is low because our calorie count is low overall, our fat count. We're just kind of, we're doing that more, you know, eat 30% less overall. Let's just get back to that healthy, you know, way of eating everything but eating it, but eating real foods. Um, but a lot of times, ketogenic and low-carb diets do not differentiate between real and good carbs and processed carbs. And so you hear people say all the time, oh my word, you know, that big potato, that sweet potato is loaded with carbs. Yeah, that only matters if you're on a ketogenic diet. That doesn't matter, you know, otherwise, right? It's not this, I don't like sweet potatoes, but it's not the sweet potato you need to cut out. It's the Twinkie, it's the chips, right? It's the processed carbs. And people do not differentiate between those a lot of times in uh, lower carb circles. It, uh, another downfall I feel is that it demonizes carbs and it diminishes the importance of protein. 15% protein on a 2000 calorie diet. I forgot to figure this ahead of time, but I can do it. Just give me a second. 15% of 2000 calories is going to be 300 calories. And then 300 calories divided by four, that's going to give you like um, 300 divided by four. Uh, 320 divided by 4 is 80, so it's going to give you about 70 grams of protein a day. And if you're strength training, that's probably not enough, um, not enough protein. So it, it demonizes carbs and it diminishes the importance of protein. And, um, and this is, this last downfall is a downfall in all three, and that is that people think it's a magic bullet, and they don't realize that they simply eat too much. All right, so method number two, intermittent fasting. My favorite, right? I'm very partial towards it. So I'm going to give you, you know, no, I'm going to be very unbiased. All right, so here we go. Um, intermittent fasting is time-restricted eating. So in intermittent fasting, you do not eat for 14, 16, 18, 19, or more hours out of every 24. 
we, uh, Ray Baby and I do 18 six. So this means that we don't eat for 18 and we do eat for six hours a day. And so that's called our eating window and that lasts four to eight hours per day rather than eating constantly. Okay. So intermittent fasting is found to get the body into ketosis 16 times faster than typical eating. Yeah. Amazing, isn't it? Ketogenic diet, four times faster. Intermittent fasting, 16 times faster. And you stop and think, when you are on a ketogenic diet, you do have um, stored circulating glucose and stored glycogen from your 20 carbs a day and from your 15% even from some fats, because some fats have like a little bit of carb in them too. Um, so, you know, maybe if you were to eat, um, trying to think of a protein that has a carb, that has a carb in it, because usually on the ketogenic diet, that wouldn't happen because you wouldn't be eating beans or anything like that. But you have to burn through that and then you, then you start putting your body into fat burning. But with intermittent fasting, during that 18 hours, you burn through the circulating glucose from yesterday's food, and then you burn through the glycogen stores in the muscles and the liver, and then you're going to get into ketosis. So with the ketogenic diet, remember I said it takes one to 10 days of being on the true ketogenic diet to get into ketosis. And intermittent fasting, it takes longer at first, but then it's easier to go back into it. So the reason it gets into fat burning faster is because you're not consuming anything at all, right? So this can take a couple of weeks. Uh, so if you go back to my first description about how the process of it is that suppose you start intermittent fasting today. So like tonight, you stopped eating at 8 o'clock. And you're not going to eat again until 2 tomorrow afternoon. So that would be 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2. So that would be an 18-hour fast. All right, so in that 18 hours, you are not going to consume anything. So your insulin is going to stay low. And at first, you're going to have ghrelin screaming at you. You're going to be hungry for the first couple of weeks. And um, that food that you ate yesterday is going to start getting burned, the circulating glucose. And maybe you'll burn all of your circulating glucose tomorrow. The next, then tomorrow evening, you eat, or tomorrow you eat in your window. Then the next day, you burns circulating glucose faster because you went, you know, without eating again. And then you start to burn your stored glycogen, your stored glycogen. And then after a couple of weeks of that, your body goes into fat burning every day. If you don't overeat during your eating window and you don't eat too many processed foods during your eating window and you fast consistently. So in two or three weeks, so my example at the beginning about my DeBrand's birthday Sunday, I was in shock. I was pretty new to intermittent fasting and I was still checking ketosis with urine strips. I don't do that anymore, but I was still, you know, like what's making this happen and stuff like that. So um, we don't go off and on. That's a nice thing about intermittent fasting. You can always fast for 12 hours, 14 hours, no matter what. Um, so we don't go off and on. So we're always, you know, putting ourselves in the best condition for fat burning each day. So I had the DeBrand Sunday, 7 o'clock the evening before, closed my eating window, um, fasted for 19 or 20 hours, and then the next afternoon, right before I ate, I checked my ketones, and I was in ketosis, even though I'd had a DeBrand Sunday the night before. Now, I don't recommend that. I don't want you to think that as an intermittent fasting teacher, I teach 
you know, just pig out and eat processed foods and, you know, all of that all the time. But that's an example. It was a birthday Sunday. You can actually eat treats, right? But we limit our treats because we are 20 and 30 pounds for a goal. You have to limit treats more the closer you get to your goal. But that is how that happened over a period of time every day, especially when you eat better in your eating window and you have fewer, um, you have less stored glycogen and less circulating glucose to burn through. Then in a couple of weeks, you just start going into fat burning each day. It's actually quite cool. And so um, that can take a couple of weeks. Downfalls to this form of getting into ketosis include people think it's a magic bullet and they don't consider that there is a perfect storm of health components that come together for weight management and health. You cannot fast yourself to a healthy weight if you're eating more than your body needs during your eating window, right? Now, intermittent fasting does have a lot of helps for that because when you keep that insulin low every day, you don't crave. Um, I'm seldom, I'm never hungry before 16 hours every day. And usually I'm not even hungry at 18 hours. As a matter of fact, sometimes I have to really watch what I eat the day before if I want to open my eating window earlier because I have, I go with hunger, I use a hunger scale. So I don't like to eat unless I'm hungry. And sometimes I'm like, wait a minute, I'm eating at noon tomorrow with one of the kids. I, you know, I better stop because I won't be hungry in 16 hours. It's, it's just how cool intermittent fasting is. So it does give you some other benefits and helps that make it easier, like your insulin staying low, taming your ghrelin so that you don't have the hunger, uh, that hunger hormone is tamed, uh, hearing leptin signals better so you know when you're full. So intermittent fasting has a lot of benefits that help you with the process, but you still cannot outfast overeating. You cannot out keto overeating, right? I mean, that's the bottom line. All right, uh, another downfall. Let me see. Uh, here, oh, it's hard at first. It is hard. Intermittent fasting is hard the first two or three weeks um, because you're hangry. So you know all those things that you feel uh, when you didn't have time to eat breakfast and you didn't have time to go through the drive-through on the way to work, and it's ten o'clock and you feel horrible. You feel that for a while. All those things when you have an eleven o'clock or twelve o'clock blood draw, and you know you ate at 11.59 because you were sure you're going to die the next day, you feel that. <laughs> but you only feel it for two or three weeks. It's absolutely amazing, actually. It's even miraculous. <laughs> All right, so it's not miraculous in that you can eat whatever you want and overeat and still lose weight, but it's miraculous in that your body gets trained. It's so, 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 so cool. It's like the control that you always wanted in your life but never seem to get. And now all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> yeah, you're just kind of proud of yourself. And really all you've really done is, is balance your hormones. You know, you're not that great. So <laughs> we're not that great. It's just, it's just really, really cool. All right. So that is method two with its downfalls, but that is another way that you can get into body fat burning, dining in, eating your own body stores, right? Instead of, um, eating food. Method three is hit high intensity interval training or strength training. All right. And this makes perfect sense when you consider how many times in this video so far, I have said that um, we get into ketosis 
we burn through our circulating glucose and then we burn through the glycogen stored in our liver and our, what did I say? Muscles, right? So when you think about HIIT training and when you think about strength training, it makes perfect sense, right? Because you are exercising, especially with HIIT, um, especially with strength training, you are exercising and you're burning through that stored glycogen in the muscles when you use the muscles for strength training. I love strength training. I have been out of the strength training for a week because I decided that I wanted to try to cartwheel after 20 years and I hurt myself. <laughs> but I'm not giving up. So anyway, I finally got back to arms today, but I might glute. Yeah, I hurt myself. So anyway, but I'm getting better. All right. So um I like to say when I go work out, this is my little mental game that I play with myself. I like to say when I get done after 30 minutes of strength training or whatever, you know, doing weights, and I like to say that I just lasted an extra two or three hours um, because I just burned through glycogen in my muscles that fast. I like to tell myself that. Isn't that cool? I mean, when you stop thinking, you know, if I fast 18 hours and I did it an extra and I burned off an extra two hours worth. Oh, I got there faster. Isn't that cool? And you do. You get into ketosis faster through HIIT training and strength training because you're burning through fast, right? And so with the ketogenic diet, you're trying not to supply any carbs and very few proteins to um, burn through. With fasting, you try not to supply anything for a while so you have less to burn through. And with strength training, you go into the muscles and get it out. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I didn't know I liked science so much. I was like, I always made like my older kids teach my younger kids their science and Ray baby teach the kids their science because I didn't like science, I thought. Little did I know I liked science, at least food science and, and, and uh, exercise science and so forth. So um, another thing about strength training, and I have another broadcast coming up about this too, is that I like to say that strength training is the gift that keeps on giving. And I liken it to this. We can get on a treadmill and we can burn 300 calories in 30 to 45 minutes, depending on our speed or the elliptical or the rower. I do love the rower for limited short periods of time. Um, and we can burn 300 calories today on that machine in 30 to 45, sometimes you know, if you're really, you know, just starting out maybe 60 minutes, but 30 to 60 minutes. Or research studies show that we can do strength training 30 minutes, three times a week for nine months. And in nine months, our body will burn 300 more calories every day. Is that like magic or what? That is like magic, right? So I always tell myself that whenever I'm like, oh, I don't want to get, I don't want to do weights. I don't want to do weights. I'll just go get on the elliptical or I'll go play pickleball or I'll dance or I'll take a walk. Those are all great. Really, really great for health. But I read those studies and I have never turned back because uh, Ray Baby's like really old. He's 59. I'm 56. Our metabolisms, you know, slow down the older you get. And if we can keep on building muscle through strength training, our bodies will burn more every day in the long run. How cool is that? So that was just free. I won't even charge you for that. There you go. All right. So the downfalls to this method of getting into ketosis are the same thing. People 
think that they can out-exercise a bad diet, right? Have you ever heard the, the phrase, uh, the sentence, you can't outrun a fork, right? We all know people who train for half marathons, train for marathons. I know somebody personally ran 30 miles a week for six months to prepare for a marathon, never lost a single pound, right? Because uh, especially with cardio, we have a tendency, it makes us hungrier and we eat more. Or we think we've exercised so much, we can eat more, but you can't outrun a fork, right? Um, so people think that they can out-exercise a bad diet. And so they're on the elliptical or the treadmill and, you know, they're just killing themselves. And then they, that makes us feel like we can eat whatever we want later on. And, you know, if you have ever done Weight Watchers or any kind of calorie counting, you know that 300 calories is nothing, <laughs> right? I mean, it's great for health, great, great, great for your health. But um, if we start using that as an excuse to eat more, we are going to be very disappointed, right? Um, and... Uh, so that is why people say that it's 80 to 90% of your food and it's 10 to 20% of your activity when it comes to weight management, right? All right, so in summary, three ways to get into ketosis, the ketogenic diet, intermittent fasting, and exercise. All right, summary, number one, fat burning slash ketosis can feel really great. I wouldn't want to do the ketogenic diet anymore. I don't, that's not where I'm at. I love where I'm at now with real foods and just, you know, proteins, fats, carbs, just not, just eating everything that's real as opposed to very much processed food. Um, but I love how I feel during fasting. I love how I feel in a fat burning state. It really, really does feel amazing after the first two to four weeks. It just, I mean, it's just, it's just not a big deal. It's just not hard at all. I can't believe it, actually. And um, I'm going on two years this November. So, all right. Um, number two, ketosis is not needed for weight loss or weight management, right? People find all kinds of ways to burn through their body fat, right? They do Weight Watchers. They do Nutrisystems. They have food delivered. They do vegan. They do vegetarian. They do Whole30 right? It is not the only way to achieve weight management. I already said that IF is my favorite way, and you can, bur you can learn more at these places, DonnaReach.com. You can subscribe to get all of my videos and all of my articles and all of my training there. Uh, you can join my intermittent fasting group. I usually do these videos in there, and I do teach in there all the time, Donna's Intermittent Fasting Group on Facebook. And you can sign up for my free workshop. So thank you for joining me. I hope this has just given you like a little tidbit, even if you just took one thing away and thought, you know what? I think that would help me. Because remember, we're going to bring together any research that anybody gives to us, right? <laughs> Whether it's a morning talk show or the front of the National Enquirer, right? We're going to take that tidbit of research that's usually or oftentimes, not usually, oftentimes skewed, right? We're going to take that research. We're going to take our personal observations of other people, and we're going to take our own experiences. We're going to put it together to create our own personal weight management perfect storm, right? Thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. I'll be back on Friday.
I cannot remember what I'm talking about Friday. I think it might be um, first five and fast five uh, daily productivity hacks. So anyway, see you then.